Hey, what do you say there? Oh, this week, this episode is brought to you by, it's brought to you by Spotify for podcasters. Now let me tell you a little thing or two about a thing or two. Uh, Spotify for podcasters is your one-stop shop for all things podcasting. This is how your boy here is able to do a podcast. It's so very simple. You go to podcasters.spotify.com. You download what they have onto your tablet, your iPhone, your whatever you got, whatever you're working with. One, st- one stop shop. Okay, one stop shop for all things podcasting. You can have fan interaction. You can have analytics. There's even uh, video episodes that you can do. And they upload it to all podcast platforms, Google, Apple, including Spotify. Imagine that. And they do it for free. Oh, my God. They do it for free. Not a dime is coming out of your pocket to do a podcast. In fact, you could have an income. You could make money from your podcast with um, fan donation or ad revenue. I mean, come on. It's 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 so simple. Get with it. Go to podcasters.spotify.com and get to podcasting. You dirty dirty dirties. We are also brought to you by the Music Depot. Let's talk about one-stop shop. This is an actual real shop that you can walk into with like you walk into a door and it does a there's a little thing it says ding dong ding or or a beep or whatever just like when you walk when you walk into some like it is when you walk into stores um this is uh in Hayward California go see my man Pete it's a music store the music depot also sponsor of the Boyles Bistro Blowout in downtown Hayward 944 B Street, downtown Hayward, is where you can find the Music Depot. They have Shure mics, Ibanez guitars, Schecter guitars, orange amps, band instrument lessons, ukuleles. So disappointing with the ukuleles. Anyway, go see my man Pete over there at the Music Depot and get to getting with some of that noise. I mean, it's it's a music store. It's what you would expect when you walk into a music store, okay? I got dates. Dates of things I'm doing. Some new, some new ads to the to the calendar. Um, this week, this Friday night, looking forward to it. Excited about it. Zed performing at Bottom of the Hill in San Francisco, California. Zed set is uh, slated to be 10 p.m. Uh, and we are supporting the devil in California as it is their uh, record release show. Uh, I'll be doing comedy next week, next Friday, July 28th at Swiss Park in Newark, California. And then August 3rd, the Boyles Bistro Blowout coming to you. Uh, co-headlining, John Gab and Ivy Cordova. Oh, I'm so looking forward to that. It's going to be a smash. It's going to be a smash. 
Um, I'm doing comedy August 17th at Winter's Tavern out there in Pacifica. Uh, there will be no bistro blowout uh, for September. We are taking September off. In fact, there is a touring band that is coming into the bistro. So we'll be happens to be on my first Thursday, so we're not doing that. Uh, but September 13th, Hazards is playing KZSU Stanford Radio. Uh, I believe that's a Wednesday. So Wednesday evening around 8 o'clock, you can hear Hazards being played on the radio. We're performing. We'll be playing live on the radio. It's going to be awesome. Uh, September 30th, Zed playing the SoCal Heavy Jam at the Full Circle Saloon in San Diego, California. We are playing in Wales, Virginia. Uh, October 5th, Boyle's Bistro Blowout. Just just added, just booked. Uh, Rick Storer. Yes, Rick Storer is going to headline. It's going to be awesome. And October 20th, Hazards playing the Caravan in San Jose. Those are the dates. That's what's happening. Come see me do drums or do comedy. And if you don't know which one is which, may God have mercy on your soul. Um, Also... Also, music heard here on the Sean Boyles podcast. I do not have the rights, copywritten. I don't own it. I don't have trademarks. Don't come after me with any sort of buffoonery because it ain't going to do you any good to sue somebody that has nothing. Literally nothing. Can't sue somebody. You can't get blood out of a turnip. You can't get money out of Sean Boyles. Don't sue me. Let's do a podcast. Music. God damn it! It's like we're live on the air. Like like I could totally stop and redo it, but who gives a fuck? Let's just keep going. It's the Sean Boyles podcast. <laughs> Music, comedy, drums. Life. Yeah, could have easily stopped, chopped it up, re-recorded, but that's not how your boy rolls. I give it to you raw diggity. Warts and all, all the fuckery and buffoonery that is... The Sean Boyles Podcast. Welcome, dirties. How are you? Welcome to episode 199. Holy shit, dude. We've almost done 200 of these. Um, uh, shout out to my girl, Renee Medina. Right out of the gate. The only one that emailed me with a concern as as I did not do a podcast last week. And she emailed to make sure I was okay. And I reminded her that, hey, I said that I probably won't be doing an episode next week. And she said, oh, yeah, you did say that, didn't you? But, hey, thank you, Renee, for making sure that I'm alive, that I'm still out in this world doing shit. And I'm glad that you're kind of paying attention. 
Oh, we got a lot to recap. Uh, I've been gone. I went out of town. Uh, I got the last fucking uh, bistro uh, blowout to sort of try to remember what the fuck happened. Uh, (laughs) Hazards went into the studio and recorded. And then I went up to Nevada City and painted a ceiling for fucking five, six, seven days. Uh, We'll do a reaction. We'll do fucking the earworm. And you can fuck off. So let's get it started. Um, uh, Oh, (laughs) which just reminds me. um, Shout out to my mom who texted me with such great concern today because for whatever reason she couldn't see my Facebook page. Um, and, uh, I tried, I tell, I try to tell her in not so many words, like, you know, who gives a shit, you know, (laughs) you you know, it's, I'm sure it's some goof in the system or whatever, you know, and then I said, oh, maybe I got hacked, you know, and then she tried to tell me that she, you know, I told her, I said, stop, you know. Stop freaking out about the goddamn who cares. It's it's you know you know you don't need to freak out because you can't see my Facebook page. You know, truth truth be told, I probably don't want you to see my fucking Facebook page. How about that? <laughs> um and then she tries to tell me that well, I was concerned that you might have got hacked. I'm the one that put the you got hacked idea in your head first. It's the first thing I text back. She said, oh, I can't get on your Facebook. I said, oh, shit, maybe I got hacked. So don't try to come at me telling me that you th- you were concerned because you thought I got hacked. I put the idea of gotten hacked in your head. This is why you get threatened to get put in a home. St. Regis, we're putting you in there. We got you a spot. Get ready. Pack a bag, lady. It was one of these days. And of course, every time I say that, my mom says, no, I'm moving in with you. No, this is why I live in a studio apartment. I live in a studio apartment so that when my mom starts to lose her shit and she needs care, she can't live with me because I don't got the room. I'm staying in the studio apartment in spite. (laughs) I don't want to deal with that shit. You're going in a home, lady. Just get ready. <laughs> All right. Um, let me see if I can remember what the fuck happened at the goddamn bistro fucking three million nights ago. Uh, our headliner was Ellis Rodriguez. That was nice. He had a great set. Um, I gave him the light. I told him to do 20 minutes. I told him, hey, I'll, I'll light you at um, I'll light you at the 20-minute mark, and you can wind it down because we got to be out of here uh, before 10. The place closes at 10. And this some of my bitch did fucking... I <laughs> did another 15, almost 20 minutes. Um, but it's all good. He... Um, he smashed it out of the park. I was stoked for him. Uh, we had a conversation 
Uh, I hadn't seen him in a while. Now, Ellis is, you know, he fucking does comedy. It's what he does for a living. And um, he's been getting opportunity to do um, to do the cruise ships. He's been doing the cruise ships. and um, But he's getting on cruise ships where he has to do a lot of clean material. And, I, you know, and he was kind of complaining. He's like, I'm sick of these fucking cruise ships. I'm not being able to do what I want to do as a comic. Um, and then he was like, Sean, I got two hours. He's like, I got over two hours of clean material. And he said it in, in, um, in a complaint tone. He was like, that's not me. That's not who I am. Um, <laughs> just, I just put my arms out and I said, oh, I gave him a hug. <laughs> I didn't know what else to do. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> He's just fucking... Complaining about uh, not being able to do the material that he wants to do, that he's got to do all this clean shit. And I was like, oh, you poor bastard. Um, main support, or uh, in the feature, main support, what am I, fucking Bill Graham? Um, in the feature slot, we had uh, uh, Charlie Spink. Charlie Spink is fucking headlining Yoshi's here coming up in August. And, um, and he had hit me up a bit ago saying, hey, if I can, you know, I can do your show and uh, and do a little bit more time than say ten minutes, um, you know, to help me get ready for uh, doing uh, doing Yoshi's. And I think I believe he's I, I believe it's he's he's, he's recording uh, either an album or maybe he's even filming it. I don't know. Uh, which I just came to the realization that we don't film anything anymore, do we? Like. Everyone says, "Oh, I caught that on. I got it on tape. I got it." No, you didn't. You videoed it. You just get just we we have to get used to saying we videoed it. We didn't videotape it. You did not videotape it. You videoed it. There's not fucking tape reels rolling in your phone. Okay. You recorded it. You videoed it. You didn't tape it. Stop saying you taped it. I videotaped it. You're not taping a special. You're going to video a special because you're not to putting, you're not spending, the, you're you're not spending that kind of money to have that shit put on film. You're not filming anything either. Stop saying you filmed something. Sorry for the tangent. However, that's how it goes. Um, we had uh, Brian Crow. Brian Crow had a great set. I always like watching Brian Crow do sets because he sits up. The, he's older dude. Um. He's a little bit older than me, I think. Um, he's a rocker from back in the day. He did the whole fucking... He did bands, and he did the more... Um, oh, let's say I think he did more of the uh, the glammy style bands. Um, you know, he still wears his hair sort of spiky. <laughs> um, and um, when he's on stage... Doesn't take the mic out of the out of the mic clip. He holds the mic stand, and he holds the mic stand like he's still singing in front of a band. He kind of has it tilted to the side at his hip. You know what I mean? It's fucking looks cool as fuck. But if you took a picture of him doing comedy, you wouldn't think he was doing comedy. You would think that he was fucking belting out some fucking vocals for his band. But then then you would see in the picture there's no band behind him. But God damn it, if he's not holding that mic stand like like he's fucking 
Bon Jovi or some, one of those guys. Um, my girl Erie Diamond had a fucking great set as well. Everyone had a great set. In fact, I was told by many, um, in particular, uh, Kevin, the AV guy, who fucking shout out to Kevin, the AV guy, fucking two months in a row, he's done the bistro with me. How about that? Fucking ingrate. No. <laughs> <coughs> uh, uh, but yeah, he said that um, it was one of the better shows we've had. So, um, and that got me to thinking, well, fuck, I got to, you know, and maybe, you know, probably more than anything because of Ellis, he just fucking crushed, you know, and, um, he want, you know, he kept looking over at me, you know, after I gave him the light and he was kind of looking at me like, you know, Hey, did, you know, is that a good enough bit to end on? And he would do another bit, you know what I mean? So, um, I ended up giving out a few guest sets, um, uh, Natalie, Vanessa, and uh, who else did I give a guess that to? I don't remember. Um, let's see. There's pictures. There's there's pictures. There's evidence. Um, okay. I'm looking through the pictures. How fucking time-wasting am I? Oh yeah, Xavier. Uh, oh shit, Xavier Bronson gave him a guest set, and Ellis had hit me up and was like, "Hey man, I'm not driving right now, so I got a guy driving me down from sec uh, from Sacramento. Can you give him a guest set?" So uh, shout out to my man um, Alvin Duke, who uh, who fucking I, I had go up first, and uh, dude just fucking crushed. Um. If you're going if if you're going to produce a comedy show keep in mind opening strong, okay? Ultimately, ultimately, if you're doing a comedy show and you're the host as I am, your host set should get everybody going. I'm not that good of a comic, so maybe my host set doesn't do well. I have said a few times since we've been back from the world trying to end and since we've been back at the bistro doing shows um since January of 2021 no 2022 January 2022 we came back and um every month I've had 5 to 7 comics on every show Sometimes it's six, sometimes it's seven, sometimes it's only five. It's just the way it's been working out. But every show, five to seven comics, there's been two bombs. And one of those bombs is easily one of my host sets. So we've been doing good. So if your host set doesn't do it, the very first comic better. And we call that going bullet because you're taking the bullet for the show of opening up the set and trying to get it going and uh, putting Alvin um, Alvin Duke up first definitely made for a excellent show because he just fucking crushed. Uh, dude is wild. He says some wild shit. Um, so if you're a comic 
Booker, uh, show producer. Make sure you get my man to come down from uh, from Stockton and uh, do some comedy for you. Dude's funny. I'm gonna have him. I'm definitely gonna have him come back, and I'll put him on uh, put him on in a spot proper. Definitely give him a feature slot for somebody else headlining. Um, but yeah, man. Uh, and then right after that show, um, I had to uh, just get my mind right and just. So that was, you know, that was Thursday. And then, uh, of course, not this past Thursday, Thursday before. And um, I had to just switch gears because going into the weekend, um, Hazards was recording. Recording uh, the new material that we've gotten together since the sort of reformulated, reformulation of the band. This is now with um with Willis doing the vocals and playing bass, Joey doing guitar and me doing the drums. Um we got um so we went in sa- uh Saturday or, or or Friday night we went in and ran the set with Jerry, the guy that was going to record us. Shout out to Jerry Diablo. Um, aka DJ Hermit. One time, uh, actually the first uh, first DJ that was in Insolence, uh, not in the version of Insolence that I was in, but uh, Jerry's family nonetheless. Um, especially in the fucking Insolence crew, but uh, we go to his place, Tone Freak, um, in uh, in San Jose. He's got a nice, nice, it's a nice studio. It's small. He's got a small live room. And, um, but he gets it done. He gets it done. So, um, I set up my drums. We got good fucking drum tones right out of the gate very easily. Um, there's a little issue about setting up the snare drum mic just because where he had it was going to be in my way and I was going to hit it. And he put it in another spot. I'm like, you put it there. I'm definitely going to hit it. And then uh, we got it, and finally it got it in a good spot, but then it's picking up fucking too much of another thing, and the hi-hat mic's picking up too much snare drum. And I said, well, Jerry, I fucking beat this shit fucking like it owes me money. He's like, no, but it's getting picked up on all the mics. I got to angle them all different ways or whatever. Anyway, finally get all that shit out, got got decent drum tones, and I start ripping through songs. And uh, we were going to record nine songs... I started recording at 2.30, started tracking. By 5.15, I was done. Nine songs recorded, tracked. Um, no more than four takes were done on any. And I think, in fact, I think there was only one song that, was, that took me four takes to get down. Uh, most of them were done in one, I think, one or two songs were done in one take. Uh, most of them done in two to three takes. And then one song, it took four takes. So uh, I got them knocked out. And uh, and, and, and Willis uh, was in there with me. And he was actually playing his bass while I was playing the drums. Because I don't need to actually have anybody play with me. I can kind of record my parts without the rest of the band playing. I know where I'm at in the song. I know how the songs go. 
I don't need the band to play with me. And uh, but he was playing with me anyway. And they, he had Jerry was sending me a mix with the bass, and then I said, I don't need to hear him, please. I don't want to hear him. Uh, he's gonna push and pull me, you know, because I'll be listening to him. And he's if he gets off, I'm gonna switch to make sure that we're on. And I'd rather just ignore him and get these songs laid down in the tempos that I want. Uh, I did not play to a click, but I did um, have my phone with a metronome going so I can at least get the initial tempo uh, I spent the night before. In fact, Friday night was a fucking... Friday night before going in to record, I fucking... I kind of... I almost blew it and spent too much time getting ready because I ended up staying up really, really late. I didn't get home till almost 3 in the morning because I changed the heads on the kit. I had to get all new heads, got all the drums tuned up the way I wanted. I did a different head combination on this kit that I've never done before, but I read up on and um, sounded like a good idea, and fuck, it, it worked. It worked actually brilliantly. I got a um I got a bigger but drier sound out of these drums. Um cuz they're a little these drums are kind of thin sounding the drums I'm using for hazards. I'm using my old Slingerland kit and the old Slingerland kit's pretty thin shells and so with a thin shell drum kit you're not going to get a big boomy robust sound. Um, I have other drums I could use to get that sound, but I really wanted to use this combination of my Slingerland toms and the old 70s Ludwig kick drum that I was given. So it's an all wood kit that I use for hazards. Um, two, uh, one rack tom, two floor toms. I got 12, 14 and 16 and then the 24 inch kit. It's, uh. But it looks cool because the the drum the the bass drum's white, but with uh but with wood, um natural finished hoops, and then my slingerland is a natural finish, you know from the you know so I got an early '90s slingerland wood kit with a '70s wood Ludwig kick drum, a little bit mismatched, but that sounds great together. It's giving me the sound that I want. Be it that that's the kit I'm using for hazards. That's what I wanted to use in the studio. So I spent the time, get everything tuned the way I wanted it. Um, I ended up using my... Uh, and then I used a wood snare drum too, which um, I normally... Um, I, you know, I've been using metal drums for a long time. And, you know, yeah, I should probably use a metal drum for hazards. Maybe live. But I got this nice uh, wood... Um, I got a Tama, it's a five and a half by 14. Uh, it's a Tama Bill Buford signature snare drum. And um, I, I don't know why I'm going into such detail about the drums and shit that I used to record the hazards fucking thing. Anyway, got the shit sounding really good. Really happy with uh, with just the super raw mixes that we were getting back just from the tracking. Because usually you go in and you're tracking, you get basic tones up. You don't really get anything super dialed in. Uh, you get a good initial tone out of the drums, uh, but you you give yourself some room so that you can mix it 
and make it really, uh, you know. But you, you want to go in sounding the best you can so that, you know, make it sound as best you can going in so that if you want to fuck it up, you you know, you it, you can fuck up good sound as opposed to trying to make bad, bad sound sound good. It's easier to make good shit sound bad than it is to make bad shit sound good. And, and, and we were going for good, but yet we wanted it crusty at the same time. So we're getting there. We haven't heard any mixes back, but the bass, um, it's, I almost hate to admit it, but the signature sound of hazards is a $12 Chinese distortion pedal that, that Willis uses on his bass. Um, traditionally distortion on a bass just gobbles up all the low end of the bass and you end up with this super thin, not a lot of low end, um, bass. Um, live, he's able to sort of get it in a nice little sweet spot. So we are still getting some of the low end. But when he does click the, the the distortion off and it's just the raw bass tone unaffected, it is a little bit boomier than when he hits the distortion pedal. Although he's getting a lot of low end out of that fucking distortion pedal, surprisingly. Live, it's 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 kinda okay. Doesn't really it, it's fine. But I would say it is sort of the cornerstone of the overall tonality of the band. Um so when he goes in to record, though, ugh, that distortion pedal really does not record very well. I mean, the, the distortion is great, and it's a gnarly sound, but you really hear the low-end loss big time. So what he ended up doing was he recorded a pass distorted and then recorded a whole other track undistorted. So that all the low end is there. And so what we're going to do is we're going to blend the two tracks. And just the little bit that we were fucking with, it just sounded fucking gnarly. So stoked the way it's sounding. And then Joey goes and layers his guitars on there. And um, we get that. And it's just fucking... I think it's a lot bigger sounding than I think we were thinking we wanted it to sound, but we were liking it so much that we sort of want to keep the bigness that we found. It's It sounds like what we sound like. Um, and, and then fucking Willis started knocking out the vocals, and God damn this fucking guy. He's He was a... Dude, one to two takes on every line that he has in these songs. Just fucking killed it. Just fucking killed it. And he sounds fucking rad. I hadn't heard him scream like that. I don't think ever. In Insolence, he did a little bit of screaming, but mostly he was rapping or singing. And uh, just this fucking, just sounds so scummy. And then we're going to distort the vocals even further. Um... You know, we kept talking about, you know, kept talking about ministry and Alex Jorgensen's fucking vocals. I don't think we'll be able to get quite something like that, but uh, he wants his vocals to sound like they're being shouted out of a fucking megaphone. So 
we're gonna get, we're gonna make that happen. It's uh it's kind of easy thing to do, but it's gonna be fucking. It's gonna be very interesting. It's definitely gonna be different than what we recorded before. Um, but I think musically, it's it's pretty close as far as style that the band has was doing before I joined it. And I think we've continued on even the songs that I wrote that I brought in. Um, I think fuck. Uh, out of the nine songs, three of them are uh, are mine that I wrote completely. Uh, they, you know, we fudged a couple things here and there to to make everybody happy, and and one of them got rearranged like kind of completely different than I imagined. But the other two are pretty much like I wrote them, and then. Um, and then the songs that we worked on together where Billy had a couple pieces and I might have came up with a part. And then um, and then there was a couple that were written before I joined the band that they hadn't recorded yet that um, we sort of got dialed in and switched up and changed and, um, and just fucking all in all happy and, and fucking crushing and scummy and... Uh, everything that we would wanted to do with this fucking recording, we got it. In fact, we finished early. We got tracked uh, about a half a day early, uh, earlier than 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 what we uh, have paid for. So, um, he's just gonna put that time towards uh, towards being able to mix it a little bit longer. Uh, we didn't do any backup vocals, although there are some sections where we might add some backup vocals. Uh, we added, you know, fucking noisy fucking feedback noises from guitars and put those in cool spots and you do it in a way. So it tries to sound like you actually did the feedback at, you know, on the fly in the moment, you know? Uh, so yeah, I'm fucking stoked on this, you know, like what we were hearing back, we were fucking super excited about, and, uh, I'm just really happy with, um, with the vocal performance. I, it's usually the least I worry about on a recording. I don't really give a shit about vocals, to tell you the truth. <laughs> no offense to any vocalist in any of the bands that I'm in currently or have ever been in, but I don't really give a fuck about <laughs> vocals. But on this, for some reason, the vocals needed to be they needed to be right. We needed to make we need to make enough of a statement with the new vocals to let you know, and then kind of show you like, hey. We're not going anywhere. We're still at it. It sounds enough the same. It sounds like the same band. It's different. It's, you know, he sounds, I mean, I think he sounds manlier. Um, But it's fucking rad. It's, it's, um, I'm really fucking excited. Really excited. So anyway, uh, then I turned around fucking, I recorded. Uh, got done Sunday, was able to come home and rest a little bit. And then I turned around fucking Monday morning and, uh, had a bunch of errands I needed to run before I needed to get out of town. Cause I was going up to Nevada city, um, for some out of town work. So I, you know, I needed an oil change. I needed a new tire cause I've had a tire that's been slowly leaking air. Every like three or four days, I'm putting air in this fucking tire. I go down to the tire place. They don't have the tire I need. So they give me one a little bit better. 
So I was one tire away from having all four tires match exactly. And these fucks don't have the exact tire I wanted. So uh, I guess there's a, there's a there's a street tire and there's a truck tire. Car tire versus a truck tire. and uh, But I'm putting it on a van. And right currently I got three car tires. Now... Mind you, they're all exactly the same size, so that's not really going to matter. It's just the uh, the rubber density is more on a truck tire. And so I got one tire that's got a thicker rubber thing happening. At least they're all the same size, but I wish they were all this exactly, exactly the same. Not a big deal, but... I mean, granted, I didn't get down to the fucking tire place till... You know, I don't know, 11 o'clock. I should have went exactly first thing in the morning. But I was kind of taking some liberties and trying to get some rest as much as I had because I knew how to drive. I just had been in the studio. I did get to bed early, but it was nice to not worry about fucking an alarm, you know. Uh, So... Oh, and also the Honda was supposed to come back on that Monday, but it didn't. I never got a call or nothing. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, so uh, anyway, get the oil changed. Uh, well, I had to. I had the tire place do it. Since I was there, I was gonna go to another spot, and they were kind of lagging with the tires. Hey, can you guys just fucking change the oil for me, please? You know, they're like, oh yeah, we you know. So uh, got a tire, but fuck, they took like you know. I went to lunch, I walked over, got a burger, sat there for a while, fucking around on my phone in a nice little air-conditioned little burger joint that's around the corner from the tire place. I walked back over. My van hadn't moved. It's in the same spot where I parked it when I got there. He said that they were going to try to work on it before lunch. They didn't. Now I'm waiting and I'm waiting. Um... They didn't get done with the van until almost 3 o'clock. I wanted to be gone and started headed up there by 2. So now I'm an hour, hour and a half later than I want to be. I'm not going to get up there till 7.30 probably. But I started making my way up there. And yeah, sure as shit, I got up there at 7.30. Uh, get, uh, the, I, get, I drove to... The actual spot that I was going to be doing the work. I didn't drive to my buddy Serge's house. So my buddy Serger, uh, Serger, Sergio lives in uh, on Lake Wildwood, the Wildwood Estates. Um, and that's that's pe- uh, considered Penn Valley. Um, the next town east of Penn Valley is Grass Valley. The next town north from Grass Valley is Nevada City and that's where this job was now my my um it's kind of, now bear with me cuz it's a little confusing on what exactly is going on so i'm painting a ceiling in the showroom that my buddy Sergio is renting in a building that is one of three buildings that our other friend, Chris, has bought. 
So these two buildings that are together, and then there's a third building that's up a little bit off to the side. Um, that building is already being used and is already being rented out to a, um, a uh, uh, it's a dance studio, ballet. It's a giant ballet school that is utilizing that building. They've got it all set up and did the floors and everything. And it's a functioning ballet studio for this ballet uh, school. The other two buildings are going to be filled with all kinds of all kinds of stuff. There's artisans and there's crafters and there's dancers. There's uh, people that developed um, uh, softwares or or develop um, this, that, and the others. All kinds of techie type people and just all kinds of stuff going on. They're also going to somehow build a concert venue on this facility. So it's like a compound. It's these two giant buildings, and then there's the third, not as big building, where the dance stuff is, but they're all going to be, and it's all part of this bigger compound that was at one point back 25-plus years ago, I guess was a... um. It was like a fucking, in fact, it says all over the Nevada City Tech Center. It was a all tech developing facility. And apparently for the past 15 years, these three buildings has been vacant. They couldn't sell them. Nobody wanted anything to do with them. And uh, my buddy Chris has had his eye on these three buildings for the last few years. And finally, it came up for sale at a price that was um, good enough for him to bid on. And uh, he outbid fucking two other people that were hardcore looking at these buildings. And um, and now he's up and running. They're doing all kinds of work. There's all kinds of construction, landscaping, all kinds of shit. Um, I'm in there battling, fuck, trying to spray this fucking ceiling for my buddy Serge because he's renting out this space for his cars to be put on display so he can, him and his partner can, you know, sell these cars that they flip. But the showroom, they don't have a, you know, it's not all the way there yet. And part of that getting there is me blacking out the ceiling. And, uh, but they also had an electrician there Redoing the lights. Guess where the lights are? In the fucking ceiling. So I'd have to be in the opposite area of where I'm painting. Actually, the electrician kind of figured out that he was going to have to work around me. But also the electrician was using the lift. They brought down a lift just for me to do this work. So I can zip around the place on a lift and paint the ceiling a little easier. Um, when I got there the first day, there was nobody around because I had got there late enough that everybody had left for the day. But when I got there, the um, that was on Monday. When I got there on Tuesday to actually start working, the electrician is on the lift. I felt like saying, hey, I know that was brought down for me so I could spray these ceilings. But I didn't. I let it go. 
because he was fucking working. So I started using a ladder, climbing up and down a ladder, and it was taking me a long time. I didn't get very far. I didn't get I didn't get sprayed what I wanted to get sprayed within the first day of actually spraying. I thought I'd get all the way across and only got less than half. And I was looking at it, I was like, well shit, if that only took if that took me that long. I'm going to be here till fucking Sunday. I didn't want to be there that long. I wanted to be there for a couple of days only. <laughs> Again, doing a job and, and I'm doing something that I didn't look at. I'm only seeing pictures. and There was no way I could tell how big the showroom was going to be within the pictures. There was no point of reference. Um, But again, if this wasn't my good friend Sergio, I would fucking... I wouldn't be doing this. I wouldn't be driving two and a half, almost three hours away to do a job. So after the first day of spraying, and then I come back the second day, about halfway through the day, the electrician was told, hey, the lift is actually for the painter. You don't really need the lift. You can do what you're doing because he, cause he's getting up on the lift and he's staying in one spot for a while and he's doing the work. He can do that on a ladder because he's not fucking... I'm needing to inch my way across everything, right? Once I got on the lift, I was like, holy shit. Like, I was getting the work done probably two and a half times faster than I was doing with a ladder. It just made it so much easier and so much faster. Um, In fact, the third day, the third day I got as much sprayed as I did the previous two days combined. It It just made just a fucking world of difference. Uh, and, but fuck, it was tough. It was rough. They these, these acoustic tiles are very porous. They sort of drink up the paint a little bit, but they got these little nooks and crannies. And if I sprayed it and backed away and looked at it from fucking northwest, south, and east, I could see little holes in the paint. Again, we're blacking out the ceiling, so I sort of had to spray it north, south, east, and west in my direction of, of, of spray. And, um, it was tough. It was really tough. But when I got done and we looked back and then we turned the lights on the way the lights are supposed to be on in there. Cause again, he had the electricians working on the lights the whole time I'm there. It looked good. My buddy Serge signed off on it. Um, sends me some money electronically. And uh, I'm able to go home. I still ended up staying till Sunday, but um, ended up it ended up working out. And then today, I start getting pictures from my friend Sergio, and he's showing me little things that he's not liking about the thing. He's all, "What's going? What is this?" And I'm like, "I don't know. What are you showing me?" He's all, "It looks like two different colors." 
how is there two different colors? I go, well, remember, we switched products in the middle of the thing. I told you that this might be an issue um, because we switched products. But the way your lights are set up in the thing, you don't see it. He's all, well, I saw it this morning. And as I'm looking at it, it looks like shit. I can't have it look like this. I go, well, what do you what do you want to do? He's all, what do you, what can you do? I said, well, I can come up uh, on the 29th. He's there's no way. I can't wait that long for you to fix this. (sighs) Okay. So now I got to fucking move heaven and earth to get back up there. And I'm going to give him two more days. He's on my partner thinks that this, this is a terrible job that you did. I'm like, your partner was never there once. I met saw the guy twice the whole time I was there. Um, yeah, we're, we're, we're just very upset at, at the job that you did. And I'm like, I told you. And you signed off on it and you agreed that if you kept the lights the way they were, it looked fine. It looks great. It's a blacked out ceiling. If you shine a spotlight up in it, you're going to see all kinds of weird shit. It's really hard to get this shit that looks solid. So, I'm going to in 2 days, I guess I'm going to try to zip around this whole fucking football field size of a ceiling and um try to get it all solid. I don't know. Uh, wasn't the best day today because uh, I was dealing with my, but again, would not be doing any of this if it wasn't a, um, if it wasn't a good guy and a good friend. Um, so I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to make it right. We will see how it goes. Um, but fuck man, it, it, it just sucks to, you know, to work really hard. And it was hot as fucking balls up there. God damn. Luckily, the inside the uh, showroom, it it was about, I'd say, 10 to 12 degrees cooler than it was outside. They were having triple digits by, uh, um, by Thursday. So it was getting hot up there. There's a lot of rad little spots to eat, though, up there. Of course, like the little downtown uh, Nevada City. You got all your fucking fast food fuckery and everything, but they got cool little fucking little other spots to eat. I had a really rad pizza at this place, uh, fucking called Moe's. Um, I had a good burger at another spot. I don't remember what it was called. I had a fucking great sandwich from the supermarket. A little small, like, you know, mom and pop kind of old timey supermarket that had a deli. And uh, they made their own fried chicken, and it wasn't like the Safeway fucking filled up with water, super salty fried chicken, which I kind of love that chicken. But um, (laughs) this was just some fucking, I don't know, man. It was different. It was fried chicken, but goddamn, it was good. It felt like homemade fried chicken is what it felt like. It was great. Uh, But from this cool little fucking supermarket, old-timey, Called, uh, what is it fucking called? SCP? I think it was called SCP Market. Anyway, 
Um, I had a good time up there. Uh, good hanging with my buddy Serge, although he was really busy and he was in and out. Uh, he lets me stay at his place, and um, they let me. St- uh, last time I stayed there, I stayed in their rumpus room on a cot, still super comfortable. This time I actually stayed in a guest room uh, on a fucking amazingly comfortable bed. I fucking would lie down and fall asleep almost immediately. Um, but I had to, uh, you know, it was. I'd get back to this house, you know, after finding something to eat and just kind of driving around and checking shit out. I'd get back over there at, you know, 8.30, 9 o'clock and, you know, take a shower, lay down, you know, could probably fall asleep immediately. But I have been um, I've been binge watching Mayans. So um, I uh, <laughs> I only had watched a couple of episodes before I left. And then I took I actually took my uh, I took the iPad with me and um Watched fucking two, three, four episodes a night. <laughs> oh, fuck. But I slept so good that it kind of didn't matter, you know. Even though I maybe only slept six hours, but goddamn, it was a great six hours of sleep because it just it was so comfortable and, and, and sleeping so deep, you know. It's even having them dreams. Because I was sleeping, uh, getting that good REM slip, slip, sleepies. Um, all right, let's um, let's do a thing. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, um, dirties of all ages, this is the part of the SBP where I, your dude, Sean Boyles, the host of the Sean Boyles podcast, being a long time listener of the heavy metal and the heavy rock and the loud and obnoxious music that you call rock and roll. I uh, check in on the Billboard 100 and react to a song on them, their pop charts. Uh, this week, uh, of course, every time Taylor Swift releases a record, it's going to be in the top of the shits. Now, apparently, and I didn't know this was happening, and shout out to Miss Swift for uh, taking this on. Um, she is re-releasing and re-recording her older records uh, because she is not able to get the masters of her old material. Uh, whatever record label that those records were done on, whatever deal she signed, uh, she signed away ownership to her masters. Uh, which means she can't do anything with those songs. Those songs are ne- basically that means that those songs are owned by whatever fucking conglomerate she was signed on to when she recorded those songs. That sucks as an artist. That means you can't, you don't have ownership of your own music. You can't use your music. Um, you can't sell it for advertising. You can't use it for this, that, or the other. You can't let somebody else use it. Um, somebody wants to do a cover of your song and they ask you for permission to do the cover. You can't give them the permission because you don't even own the song anymore. Um, it's kind of fucked up. So, uh, she's been, uh, re-releasing, uh, re-recording and re-releasing her older material. Thus, 
Uh, she's got a few songs in the top ten uh, this week that are these remakes. Now, this particular song, I guess, was recorded during those sessions. However, it was never released. Is from what I'm guessing, I'm gathering. I don't know for sure, only because this song... So all these songs have the title in the same title as they were on the original record, but then in parentheses it says Taylor's version, which means this is the re-recorded version for herself so she can own the masters, finally, of these songs. But then in further parentheses on this song, it says From the Vault. Now that means to me that maybe this song was previously unreleased and it was recorded during those sessions for this, I believe, her third record. Um, But they just never put the song out. So a lot of times an artist goes in, records 15 songs, 12 of them make the record. And you got three songs that never usually see the light of the day until the artist dies and B-sides and rarities come out. And it's songs that had never been heard before. So anyway, this is a re-recorded version of a song that you never heard of before. And it's charting at, I think, the number six spot on the Billboard Hot 100. This song is called I Can See You by Tay-Tay Swift-Tay. Let's check it out. Now, this is her third record. That means, um... You brush past me in the hallway and you don't think... She's getting out of country, right? She's starting to head towards being more of a pop artist, right? I bet the drums weren't that understated on the very on the original version. I guess that's the liberty you can take when a you re-record a song that was never put out. You can just kind of uh, put a lot of modern trend recording stuff on the song. like the way that it lifts to get into the chorus like the way it, wait, it goes into the different key for the chorus I 
Yeah, if I get a mix back from this hazards recording and my drums are that quiet, I'm going to gut Jerry like a fish. For me, um, it's interesting though, right? Like, like I was saying, you know, if this song is from the vault and it had never been released before, because I was looking on the song list of this record, um, originally, and this song's not on there, and uh, so this is why I'm thinking it's like it was recorded at that same time. Uh, again, she has to even put this out because even though those songs didn't get released, you know, if you know, like I said, if she recorded 15 songs for a record and they only used 12 of them, you know, there's three songs that are that were never released. But if she's not getting her master, she's not getting those songs that were never released even. So uh, shout out to her even fucking taking out all, any of that shit on because I know that's a huge undertaking to go back in, record a bunch of songs that you fucking did already. Uh, you don't want to re you don't want to reinvent them, especially the ones that were that were actually released. But the songs that you never released, you can take some liberties and put enough of a modern twist on them that maybe they hit this time around because obviously they didn't even make the record last time. You probably thought they weren't going to hit, you know. Um, shit, White Snake recorded fucking Here I Go Again. I think three different times on three different records before it finally hit. And it didn't hit until that self-titled record, you know? So, you know, and that's, and we heard those other versions, you know what I mean? And they're whack. There's some sort of magic about that third version that made it hit. Maybe it was the video of Tawny Katane fucking dancing around on Jaguars. I don't know. But it worked, whatever it was. Um, there's definitely a, um, I don't know, a different sort of, uh, 
a uh, definitely sounds at least the lyrics sound a little bit more like a younger Taylor Swift, but I mean, though all her, I don't know. She kind of that's her shit, right? That's her. She's fucking all. She's fucking boy crazy, yo. All about the boys and love and I loved you and you loved me and I don't love you anymore and I'm, my heart's broken or whatever the fuck. It's like it's always does she sing about anything else? You know, she used to be a country artist. Does she sing about pickup trucks ever? Fucking fishing and dogs and shit? <laughs> anyway, um this is uh, I'm going to uh I'm going to bitch and rant and moan and cry for a minute. Um it's something I've been seeing for a long time and I I don't I don't think I've liked it even to begin with ever. And I've never heard anybody say that they've liked it. Never heard anyone say anything about this or or have any sort of opinion one way or the other, especially for men. Um, and I'm talking about edges or baby hairs on women and the the the, the plastering and, and curling of the baby hairs into little weird little loops little swirls on the forehead of the females I've I've never once heard a man say damn that girl looks good look at them edges I've never never once has a man ever said anything about edges on a woman's forehead Women, please, we don't give a shit about your edges. Slick that shit back into the rest of the hair. Quit trying to make something out of those weird little hairs that aren't long enough to be pulled back into the ponytail, but too long to do anything else with. And so you do these little swirly fucking crop circle patterns or wings or whatever the fuck you try to do on your forehead. It looks weird. I've never I I just it just looks weird. I don't know what to say about it other than it just looks weird. Stop it. Now, yes, I'm a 50-year-old fucking metalhead with a gray beard and dreads grown down to my fucking ass crack. No one in my state should be commenting, especially on the hairstyle of anybody. But, ladies and gentlemen, this is where I don't give a shit. I just think it looks weird, and it's been bothering me for a long time, and I finally needed to say something. And yeah, I made a Facebook post about it, and I caught some heat. caught some heat. Gotta be honest, I caught some heat. But I doubled down and said, no, no. Will it, my buddy Willis. 
oh, dude, them edges are tight, blah, blah, blah. And he, and he fucking posted a picture of fucking, um, what's her ass? The fucking catch me outside chick. I'm like, yeah, no, I'm not, not looking at this chick for her edges. I'm looking at her for them big fat tits that she has, but I'm not looking at her for her edges. <laughs> anyway, um, all right, let's do, uh, let's get out of here. This is I've 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 went long. Well, maybe not. I'm about right where I need to be. But um anyway, let's just do this and then I'll get into what I need to get into about this. Fuck There it is. It wouldn't play. I don't know why. But now it's play. Uh, uh, okay, earworm of the week this week. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, dirties of all ages, rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. Uh, write a review. Do a little rating. Five stars, please. Um, send your complaints and or suggestions to Sean underscore Boyles at yahoo.com. Find me on Instagram at Sean underscore Boyles 510. Find me on Facebook at Sean Boyles. Uh, You'll see the picture of me holding a mic on a stage telling some yuck yucks. Um, Yeah, this. um, So be it that I was working the way I was working this past week, cruising around on a lift, headphones in most of the time. If not, no headphones, just a phone sitting there on the edge of um, uh, the, the the basically the dashboard of the of the of the lift playing music. This song came on, and I felt embarrassed a little bit. I was hoping that the fellas that were working around me were not paying attention to the song as it was playing. Because I've realized that this song did not age well. And it's potentially problematic. Although, it's sort of making a statement. And it's not saying anything wrong. But, there might be an infliction on the voice. To make it sound a certain way. But at the same time, it's a little undescript. It's not necessarily any sort of race. It's sung with an accent, but not sung with a, a descript enough accent to make you think that it is any one race or another. Kind of genius, in fact, on the fa- on 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 the on the work of the artist that put this song together. That it is, you can't pinpoint what this accent is. But maybe <laughs> that this song has beca- is is a little bit problematic. I don't think anybody's going to come after him for it, to tell you the truth. But and I remember there was a video for this song. 
And, and then even in the video, that I mean, I don't know, maybe some sort of brown, but hard to tell what kind of brown person. I remember there was a big funny mustache. He's wearing a big funny mustache. But um, I think that was just more of the sense of humor that um, the Phil Collins have. This song is a Genesis song, and the song is called Illegal Alien off of the self-titled Genesis record, um, the same record that has That's All and uh, Home by the Sea and Mama. <laughs> um, I love that fucking song. That fucking, fucking Mama is a badass song. Um. Anyway, illegal alien. You tell me whether you not whether you think this song is uh, whether you think this song is problematic. Um. But like I said, there was some Mexican dudes that were working kind of close to me, and as I'm zipping around on the lift. This song's playing out of my phone. Actually, it was getting played out. Uh, no, it was being played out of my phone at that point. I did have a speaker. There was a speaker down there that that, that did a Bluetooth thing, but it sounded like dog shit. It even had an e- a graphic EQ on the back, and I couldn't get it dialed in. It sounded like dog shit. Anyway, Genesis, Illegal Alien, your earworm of the week. Be good. Keep it dirty. And I will. See you dick knuckles next week.
Productions. 